my entire ride had been just taking what was in front of me. There was no, you know, hey, I should be a salesperson. There was no, I should go sell pharmacies. You know, there was no path to my life. I literally just took what was in front of me. And I did really well no matter what I tried, but it wasn't necessarily by choice. I just took what was in front of me. So um, when I launched my company, Success Champions, it was the first time in my life I went, okay, I'm going to go create this, see what the hell happened, and freaking launch into the stratosphere. And I was cocky enough to know that I had a really good brand around Fort Worth. A lot of people knew who I was, doing a ton of networking, ran a lot of groups. Um, and I knew a lot of people and a lot of people knew me. So I was cocky enough to believe that when I launched this company, dude, that, that you know, I was going to put a website up, my picture out there, and the world was like, holy shit, Donnie showed up. Here we go. You know, it's going to be awesome. And God, that did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Winning Strategies Playbook. The podcast where we welcome business leaders, CEOs, and industry experts to discuss the rise to the top, building wealth, and real estate insights. Here's your host, Jeremy Spann. Welcome to Winning Strategies Playbook. For more information on this podcast, you can go to our website, myexperiencedrealtor.com. That's experience with an ED for like my fellow Marines that I have today. It is explained not explain or experienced, not experienced. So myexperiencedrealtor.com, click on podcasts and you can download this episode on all the different platforms that are provided as well as YouTube or even listen to it on the website. And of course, if you're looking to buy and sell real estate anywhere on the planet, just click on the homepage, find a trusted professional, and we'll get you hooked up with someone like the Span Group in order to be able to take care of your financial interests in the real estate arena. But you're here today because you want to learn more about guests that when you click on my guests today, you get to get to read more and uh, find out about him. So I'm going to intentionally say his name because I love him saying his name. Is it Donnie Bovine? Donnie Bovine? Donnie Boven? What is it, Donnie? You said it first, right? right first oh, no, 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 no. I just wanted to annoy you. But going so. through Marine Corps boot camp, it was definitely Bovine. It was Bovine? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine all the drill instructors? I caught fucking hell from hey, all them. Oh, man. Listen, do, do you, there is only so many ways you could say span, and none of my drill instructors said it correctly, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I felt like I was a lunch meet. I was from Barcelona. I mean, I was from uh, every, 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 every different one. So Donnie, welcome to the show. And, and I know you're old hat at this and uh, running multiple shows. Before we start this thing, father-in-law makes me do a joke. <laughs> and I intentionally Dude, do bad jokes. Oh, it's got to be coming from you. It's not going to be. A oh good yeah. One. No, 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 no. So the, uh, uh, but this one I did make Marine Corps related. Uh, so the NATO Supreme commander was out at the combat site in the desert and he looked at all the troops and said, what would you do if you found a scorpion in the tent? And the army folks said, well, we would throw a boot at it. Well, the Marines said, well, I'd pluck its stinger off and eat it. The Air Force said, well, we would just call for room service. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. <laughs> Not horrible, but, you know, hey. So thanks a lot for coming on the yeah, show. Dude. I mean, I know you're a busy guy. You're running how many companies now? Five companies now. Five companies, right? Yeah, it's crazy. That's five companies. And with your own very successful 
shows. Two shows now. We launched, shows. We launched a second one um, okay. as well. So we got Success Champions, still one of the top podcasts in the world. Um, and then in May, we launched Growth Mode. And as of this morning, it's 172 out of all podcasts. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's it's been crazy. So... One of the business we launched was the networking groups, and I never wanted to launch networking groups. But to help market that, we launched a podcast just for that, and it took the fuck off. And Which one? Growth Mode. Growth Mode. Okay. Um, so I brought my director of operations on with me, who's a really introverted, kind of this IT techie guy to stack up against me. Um, so he's very dry to my loud and crazy. So it makes for a fun, quick 15-minute episodes, all geared towards small business owners, teaching them how to grow and scale their business. Now, did I hear you say you right that you didn't want to create yet another networking group? No. Uh, because you and I met at a networking group now 10, 10 years ago. Yeah, Aaron asked me, and we were trying to figure out, she's like, how long have you known Journey? And my answer was too long. Right. <laughs> Which should be the answer to anybody right, who knows right. me, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I started, what was that? That was Semper Fine Networking. Yeah. God, that had to be about 10 years ago. Yeah. Or no. Uh, National Marine Corps Oh, Business that Network. yeah, even before then. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah, that's right. Back and then it evolved eight, into there because I think we had some captain that, you know, forgot that once a Marine, always a Marine. So why re-enlist? And none of us were in the Marines, so we shouldn't have to listen to him. Right. So you said, nope, we're going <laughs> to yeah, segue and go start our, our own. own. Yep. Yep. Right. That's For right. Sure. That's right. Sure. Yeah. And I believe our connection came from Eknant. Ignat uh, Persad and yep. Chad King, man. Yeah. They had, uh, I had just opened up Old School. They had come through... Uh, right after the opening, so this was this was ten years ago, and uh, talked about it, and then we did some meetings there, which I found to be less profitable for me. When you have a bunch of Marines come to your <laughs> restaurant, they're like, "Yeah, hey, can we get a bar tab?" And it's like, "Yeah," and then I was like, "Man, this this this, this doesn't have <laughs> any money left fault. over." It was my fault. That was my fault. I think I still got some photos, some group photos of us on the back patio. Yeah, you know, one popped up in like my Facebook feed not too long ago. I'm like, "Wow." We all actually, like, had colored yeah. hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't gray. <laughs> right. Right? This isn't gray. It's chrome. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Is, that, is that it? Yeah. yeah. My, my wife says I'm getting pewter versus <laughs> fully gray. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love this. Right. Well, the one thing you got to love about having fellow Marines, right, is, you know, we whether we know each other or don't know each other, we have a shared interest, right? Right. Because different between all the different branches is we go and we earn a title, and so it, it creates this family that whether we've ever served together, not served together, we have these these common things. Some people call it brainwashing, you know, whatever that may be. But uh, when you and I met 10 years ago, um, you were in a different capacity than yeah. what you're in now. Yeah. Um, but you were, you were definitely a networking powerhouse that is really good at bringing a whole lot of people together. And uh, and what were you doing back then? So, well, I mean, we can back up just a little bit because when I got out of the Marine Corps, I mean, I did my four and ran like hell. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was a knucklehead before I went in the Marine Corps, and I maintained that status even once I got out. So you were Lance Corporal three times. Well, <laughs> I, funny thing is, I actually got to Corporal, and I, I think I'm the only person in the world that got pinned Corporal this way. My staff sergeant walked up to me and goes, I don't know how the fuck this happened. You're now a Corporal. Just handed me my chevrons and walked away. Way. There was no sheer sure disappointment. <laughs> sure disappointment. And that was like three months before I got out. And yeah, you know, I was. I was even though I was titled a corporal. I was still a fucking lance corporal. I, I oh, yeah. had no business being in charge of anybody. <laughs> but um, when I got out, I went and did HVAC heating and air conditioning work, and with my best friend and and his dad. 
And that sucked because, of course, we're here in Texas. So I'm crawling under houses and up in attics and doing all that. And I was literally getting ready to quit when the owner of the company walked up to me, Jerry, and he's like, you're going to quit, aren't you? I'm like, oh, yeah, this sucks. You know, <laughs> Texas, 110 degrees and attics and everything. He goes, before you quit, um, I want you to do sales. And I'm like, what the fuck is sales? He goes, I'm going to hand you a bunch of brochures and you're going to go door to door. And if somebody lets us come in and fix their unit, I'll pay you you know, a commission. I'm like, wait, I don't have to go up in attics and under houses? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, cool, I'm in. So that's how I got broke into sales. Um, and then so I did sales all over the years. But when you and I met, I was with an organization called Sandler Training. Um, and I'd worked my way up to supposedly one of the top sales trainers in the country, had a blast um, selling under that methodology. But... And that's where I, all the networking came from because when you walk up to somebody and you say, I'm a sales trainer, they don't necessarily want to hug you. Um, they don't want to say hi. They don't want to give you a fucking high five. They're, they're, they were like, oh, my God, what's he going to sell me? So, so as I began realizing that there was going to be more to life than sales, I turned 40 years old and realized as I look back on my journey that my entire ride had been just taking what was in front of me. There was no, you know, hey, I should be a salesperson. There was no, I should go sell pharmacies. You know, there was no path to my life. I literally just took what was in front of me. And I did really well no matter what I tried, but it wasn't necessarily by choice. I just took what was in front of me. So um, when I launched my company, Success Champions, it was the first time in my life I went, okay, I'm going to go create this see what the hell happened and freaking launch into the stratosphere. And I was cocky enough to know that I had a really good brand around Fort Worth. A lot of people knew who I was, doing a ton of networking, ran a lot of groups. Um, and I knew a lot of people and a lot of people knew me. So I was cocky enough to believe that when I launched this company, dude, that, that you know, I was going to put a website up, my picture out there, and the world is like, holy shit, Donnie showed up. Here we go. You know, it's going to be awesome. And God, that did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're, what you're saying is all this excitement around <laughs> hanging your own shingle to go start your own business oh. didn't didn't work out no, it, 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 i mean just smooth right i mean when you're <laughs> when you're creating something it's well, always i smooth. mean if you watch guys like gary v and you know some of these other influencers out there they're great guys they got a great message but they make running a business and being an entrepreneur look like an easy freaking thing so here I was doing really well, making great money. You know, my wife and I had bought our dream farm, put a second house on a farm, you know, for my mother-in-law to stay on. You know, some people would have looked at us and said we were living a life. And, you know, as I launched this company and I, in this whole idea that this was going to be pretty easy. I mean, I've been a sales guy my entire life. It's run a business. Go sell something. And But in my head, being a business owner, being a CEO of a company was the guy that sat behind the scenes and shuffled paperwork and did accounting and operational things. So when I launched my business, I would go get a deal and then I'd sit back and I'd do this operational stuff. Well, then the client would get taken care of, get everything they want, get ROI, and then I'd have no business on the other side because I forgot that I was supposed to be a sales guy. So, so I, instead of creating a business early on, I created a really shitty job for myself and struggled tremendously to this whole concept of being a business owner up to the point at six months into my business, I stood in the back porch of my farm, looked at my wife and said, babe, we're about to lose every fucking thing we have um, because I had no clue how to run a business. Um, and I sat down with a couple of mentors, friends and buddies of mine here around a local market and I was telling them you know, what I'd created and one of the guys looked at me and he laughed and he goes, you idiot, you didn't create a business, you created a job. 
He goes, you have got to start thinking like a CEO. So I flipped the script. And that's when I found podcasting in May of 2018. And podcasting is what saved my business. Um, and it's what helped me. It taught me operations, systems. Uh, it taught me how to outsource and everything to be able to go really big with all this. And when that happened, everything shifted in my business. It also helped that my non-compete became up so I could go back to talk about sales again which was a huge, massive shift. Because when I first started the company, I was a success coach. To this day, I don't know what a success coach is. <laughs> that was my title. <laughs> um, so, so, but, you know, flash forward to where we are now, you know, I've spoken three different countries now. I have, we have the five companies, two top podcasts. And, you know, I think we're changing how the world networks right now by fixing what most people hate about networking. So. And from a global perspective, several of your businesses – or featured in other countries, yeah. right? Yeah, so, so the podcast is right now plays in 127 countries, success champions um, all over the map. Um, yeah, we've got uh, – I've got employees in four different countries right now that are working for us. Um, and then we've got entities and business dealings in Canada, uh, Europe, and we just entered into Mexico. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's pretty crazy from a guy who just used to be a sales guy that ran a lot of networking to be doing all the crazy stuff we're doing now. So the funny thing that Laura and I were talking about last night, because the last um, six weeks for me have been completely upside down. I got something I'm working on that could or could not close in the next 90 days, but it's taken three years worth of work to get here. And then now, as you and I were speaking about it prior to coming right. in here, is really requiring a lot of my attention. And uh, recently, we brought on James Peterson, another mm. Marine, to yep. our team. Good and dude. he came from the insurance world, where it's slow and low, and real estate, where it's hot and fast, right? And uh, and so, Laura and I were somewhat joking over dinner last night is, I think as successful business owners, we create this, uh, I don't know, we, we create this avenue where we make it all look very easy. <laughs> But in the reality, people have no idea the amount of work, the amount of stress, the amount of – I mean, I was telling her literally last night that, um, you know, I am, I am stressed to a point that it was less stressful when people were shooting at me. Right. Right. right? And, and, and so now you're, you're just – you're going through all this because three years of work – could end at any second, any moment. Think about that. Three years of digging in and working to build this, and at any second, that phone rings, this thing's over. Yep. It's off, right? And so there's that anticipation of getting up there, but also me having a fiduciary responsibility to my side of this thing as I spent the better part of all of last night and all since I don't even know what time this morning to send an email to my side of the people to go, oh, yeah, by the way, this is anything and everything that could possibly go wrong. Right. Right. Because it is my responsibility to say, hey, even though I've invested three years worth of work in this, I need you to be comfortable moving forward with this because this is a big check. Right. This is, matter of fact, I mean, like I had to take out a, a, an Excel sheet to count how many zeros were in the size of this deal. <laughs> right. It, it, but we have that responsibility. So people don't see that side of it. So this is what James is starting to really see is like, man, you're getting hit from every angle. And he, and he, he's even said multiple times in the last week, he goes, I literally thought you just 
kind of live this life and carefree and what? <laughs> they, they get to see the drinking, the networking, the, yeah. out, the, the public facing stuff. They don't yeah. see the behind the scenes. I mean, the only thing I mean, comparable. So in 2020, we launched the Badass Business Summit. So I rented out the Hearst Convention Center. Um, I had speakers flying in from all over the world. And, you know, we sold out the place. We still met COVID guidelines. So we were at half capacity and mask in, in the whole nine yards. But when we committed to doing that, I didn't fully comprehend the volume of things that that was going to entail. You know, the money was going to take to rent out a convention center, the vendors, the lighting, the stage, the agendas, coordinating all these people. I'd always been the guy who spoke at these events. Now I was a guy running the event and you want to talk about a different damn perspective. When, when you go to an event, you see it's produced. You're like, man, that looks awesome. I, they did a really damn good job. What you didn't see was the hair pulling out of, you know, <laughs> shit, the tickets didn't fully sell out to an hour before the thing starts, you know. And, and you know, like the night of the convention center, they forgot that we had a we were planned this big ass dinner. So they had nothing prepared. Oh. So I'm back yelling at the hotel. You know, guys, I don't give a shit what you whip together. Throw something. So instead of having a sit-down dinner, we're eating hors d'oeuvres and rolled up cheese and meats and everything. Yeah. You know, and they had to call on a special bartender because they did forgot that they were supposed to have the bar open. You know, so – but nobody was the wiser, right? Nobody yeah. knew all that stuff was going on as we were going through it. So, of course, now we're doing a Badass Business Summit again this year. And we're – year one, we were three of us trying to coordinate this whole thing. I've got nine people. People on the team now to coordinate different things because I'm not running and putting out fires, you know, game day. Yeah. But but people don't get to see that side of it. They get to see the front facing. I mean, you got somebody like Elon Musk. You know, we get to see him, you know, him out there, interviews, public. We don't see the high the scenes of shit, a billion dollar rocket just blew up or whatever, right? And and all the things that they've got to deal with going through that. So but I think for me that's one of the reasons I've been so successful on social and everything is I wanted to be the guy that was telling people the shit side of business. I don't want – it's not that I don't want people to get into it. I just want people to take off the rose-colored glasses. So – because I walked into it thinking business was going to be easy. I didn't know any better. But I, I want people to realize, dude, you're going to get in – as a sales guy – I would have told you I outworked anybody in the game. I was the first one in. I was the last guy to leave. Being a business owner, I can tell you those years being a sales guy, I was a lazy son of a bitch, you know, compared to the level of work that I'm at now, man. It's crazy. Yeah. And and, and I think that that's a, that's a really important point. You know, when you're putting something together, like, as you remember, the very first year that we did Cowtown Warriors, yeah. right? And our first event, January 18th, 2014, and... Um, 90 days out from that event, because oil was tanking, I lost all my all my donors. Right. And I'm 90 days out, like, what, uh, what am I going to do here? <laughs> right. And so we hustled and we pulled off a pretty successful event, raised 50000 in the first year. Dude, for that one, that yeah. was pretty damn impressive. It, it, it really – I don't think I really absorbed – how successful that was to later down the road because everybody was walking out of there going, man, this was great. We can't wait till next year. And what they didn't realize is we were literally on dental floss of this thing falling apart. The band canceled 24 <laughs> hours before coming in. I don't even remember that. Yep. So this friend of mine hooked me up with a country singer and he said, hey, I can't find a guitar player. I'm not coming. 
And I said, man, I don't think you realize I'm a United States Marine. If you're not here when this event's come went over, I'm coming to find you. <laughs> he was here 24 hours later, right? right? right. You know, and because uh, I told my buddy, I was like, hey, you need to explain to him that I'm about five beers shy of a six pack when it comes to the brain housing group. That I will lose <laughs> my number and I will come find this guy. And and so anyhow. We had all these things that were just people didn't see behind the scenes that were going wrong, right? But you you keep it going. And then the next year got better, and the next year got better, and the next year got better. But a lot of people don't realize this. They go, man, you must love the event. And I'm like, well, actually, I was really really (laughs) hoping somebody else would take it over. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I was actually looking forward to 2020's event that, that, that we had before the pandemic shut us down. And it was actually the first time. I got to enjoy it. This, right. this was our 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah, it was our seventh event. And it was the first time I got to enjoy it. It's the first time I actually got to sit at my table Damn. that I sponsored and eat next to my wife and my friends and my guests that I brought because I was always running around fixing things and mm. doing all this. And then, you know, then you find people that you trust yep. that can take it and run it. And that was. When they ran that event so successfully, I was like, it's okay for me to go now. Well, right. and but th- that's the other side of the, as a business owner is learning to, one, identify those people that can do that stuff and take it over, um, but two, be willing to let go. You know, I, I remember the first time I started outsourcing, you know, the business, um, I outsourced a guy to come help me with the podcast. And in my head, you know, because that's the way it always happened to me in life, somebody said, hey, Tack that hill, you just took down the hill. So when I hired this guy to do my podcast, I'm like, okay, podcast is now yours. Have fun with it. And he started bringing back, you know, the shows and everything, and they were shit. They were crap. I'm like, what the hell is this? He goes, you told me to do everything. I say, yeah, but that's not my show. It doesn't even sound like how I do the shows. And he goes, well, you didn't give me any direction. You just handed it to me and said, take it. And I'm like, well, that's the way I thought you'd do. I, I figured you'd go listen to my shows. And, 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 and so we sat down and we worked through it. And, you know, he got my shows completely dialed in. But it was a great lesson for me is, one, not only do you got to identify those people, two, you got to set them up for success. You can't just dump your shit on them, right? Mm-hmm. you got to tell them exactly what you're trying to accomplish, what needs to be done, what are the micro steps and milestones along the way you need to hit and accomplish. So it goes back. That's why podcasting was such a great tool for me because you learn so much when you start surrounding yourself with people that geek out on the things you suck at, which – you know, you suck at a lot. So there's a lot of things that you got mm. people doing for you. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. You know, so, and same thing for me. My job is to stay out front and be the face of the company as much as possible because you don't want me back tinkering with anything because I'm going to break shit. Yeah. You know, my, my tech team all the time, they're like, yeah, don't touch that. Right. Just don't touch that. So, so it's a lot about identifying those key roles and then let them go be good at it. Just tell them what you need to accomplish and, and you can get a lot of things off your plate very quickly. So let's talk about the hard trade-offs when you're going to be successful mm-hmm. in business and scale. Right. And I was literally having this conversation with James on the way here is um, I have a very close, close personal friend. And matter of fact, he gets bored and buys and sells something every 18 months. So he's not only a good friend, but he helps me put my kid through college. Like we, as a matter of fact, he's bought so much real estate through us that when every time he lists something, he makes Laura write it in the contract that I must take him on a dive trip. (laughs) Right. It's actually in the contract. Right. And Laura's like, well, we do so much business that 
we could justify that, right? right? <laughs> so, so, but we had to evolve, right? And, and it wasn't just to be able to scale, but to be able to deliver a better value mm-hmm. and service. And it was like you said, there's a lot of things I am not really good at. I'm good at business development yep. and finding the right clients. Yep. I'm really good at research and development by figuring out better ways to go do it. Executing that, I'm not as good. So, for example, we don't use CMAs anymore. So, normally you go buy a house and they're like, oh, this is the PDF for the last six months of comps. We give them a detailed analysis of the last four years of what that has looked like, right? So, I created the process. I created that system, but I did not create the spreadsheet that we use today because sure. I'm not the person that's going to jump into the details to do that. But in order to get our ability to deliver a better value for clients, we had to get me out of the day-to-day, mm-hmm. which meant the going and showing houses. It meant the doing the contracts and, and all of these portions. And so James was having drinks with the same friend last night after they went on the showing, and he was just like, yeah, I wish I could get spanned to return my call. <laughs> and it was like, and this is a friend of mine that we plan on retiring and living next to each other. Right. right? And I don't know how many conversations I've had with them to go, hey, brother, you are one of my closest people on the planet, but I, I'm going to be working for the next 30 years if I continue to do business the way I was doing business. Because that means I'm going to have to be in the daily grind. It means I'm just yep. going to take whatever, however comes. And I wanted to be able to attract clients that knew that they were going to get the most trusted team in DFW to go represent their financial interests. And in order to do that means I need to have people on the team that actually enjoy doing the contract stuff, right? right? That don't miss anything. I, and people that enjoy showing houses that can pick out things in houses like, hey, you don't want this house because of this, this, or that. Right. In, in order to deliver the better value. So what, what's really funny is as he goes in to buy this house, he's actually getting a better value and he's getting even better advice than what I've ever given him. Right. But he wants that access. And, and, and it's like, I, I mean, I, I want to. I mean, look, if this was about being buddies, I would love to. But I, 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 I've created a business here. And so those are the, those are the hard trade-offs sometimes. Well, right? and I'll add a couple to that because, you know, for me, what was wild is I got a really, really close family. Um, you know, everybody loves being around my family. You've met my brother, you know. Um, and when I launched the business, I had their full support. Everybody thought I was a little fucking crazy, right? You know, from walking away from what I was walking away from. Um, that was to, why they thought you were crazy? Well, you know, there's a lot more than that. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when I launched it, you know, as, as I was going through the struggle, especially early on trying to figure out how to run a business, I found myself, you know, bitching and moaning about what wasn't working and everything. And my family, who have never been business owners, never been entrepreneurs, never done anything but work for somebody else. Hell, my brother was a Marine for 24 years, so he has no idea about business. Um, we're all trying to give me advice, and it came from love, right? But but it was frustrating as hell as they kept trying to to tell me, you know, give me ideas or shit I could be doing for the company. And I had to learn that I couldn't share the negative stuff about business. I had to learn specifically that I could only share the good stuff with people that had never done it before. Um, so for me, for the trade-off, it, for, there was a time it was really hard to communicate with the family. Because the only thing I knew was business, right? That was that was my life. I mean, it was 24-7. Um, and it's still 24-7. It's just a different level now. But um, – And so I had to learn to transition. But the other thing that I want, a myth that I want to bust completely 
is all these assholes that are out there saying there's work-life balance. You guys are fucking idiots. There's no such thing. If you're running, if you want work-life balance, you hate what you fucking do. Yeah. Right. Because, and I also want to punch the guy in the face that says, do what you love. You never work a day in your life. You're an idiot too. Whoever made that quote originally, because I love what I do and I work harder than I've ever worked in my fucking life, period. You know, so part of the trade-offs is if you're going to run a business, you have to become a business owner. You have to become a CEO and you've got to change the mentality. You just got to figure out how to make the things you're doing fun as hell to do so you continue to enjoy them. Doesn't mean there's not going to be some shitty things you got to do. I mean, there's some crap that you're going to get thrown on your plate that you just got to put your head down and get done. But at the end of the day, throw out this idea of work-life balance. You know, throw out the concept of trying to explain your business to family and friends that have never been business owners. Create your boundaries and and move forward. This this is such a hot topic with me in that I always love getting advice from people that don't know, <laughs> right? Or advice from people that are not doing it right. Yeah, you know. So, for example, in 2020, I turned down throughout the year over four million dollars worth of production because they weren't going to be a right fit. Doesn't mean they're bad people, right? right? Good people, they just weren't going to be a culture fit for our team. Which meant that I, when when I had my experience leaving that previous firm mm-hmm. I was with, coming up on five years ago, I learned a lot <laughs> right. of valuable lessons. I've been there when you stood on your back porch yep. and went, hey, by the way, whatever's in the refrigerator is what we're eating for the next 30 days because mm-hmm. we got no more money to go buy groceries, right? Been there. Completely shit the bed. You know, there's nothing like looking at your wife being like, hey, honey, great news. Lost all of our money and, oh, yeah, we were holding it back for $4 million. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I just I still can't believe she didn't leave me. I would have left me. And uh, but then I was like, I want to be able to do this better because what got me in that position was they attracted me to that firm telling me how much money I was going to make. Right. 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 So the lottery ticket. Right. Like, yep. Oh, my God. And then as it turns out, they were lying. I knew when I learned out of there that. Really, the truly the best way to create value and make money in this world is to not make it about you. Yep. Make it about the client, yep. right? Make it where it's like, hey, listen, this is about you, right? I am here to protect your financial interests. And as long as I do that and I always do the right thing, my money's going to naturally follow. So I, just over the last five years, I haven't thought about my money. And because of that, I've gotten a lot of great success. So when I when people found out especially other agents that I had turned down $4 million worth of production inside of a year, they were like, how could you do that? What you should do or what you could have done. And I was like, Hey, I did do 40 million. So, <laughs> right. and by the way, that 4 million I turned down is still more than what you did last year. So why should I take advice from you? Right. Well, and anytime somebody looks at you and says, I can't believe you turned it down. That's their desperation coming through. You know, I mean, I, cause I get it all the time. You know, people, always or want to give you advice, but it's a good telltale sign if somebody's trying to give you a genuine advice is give them the same advice back and watch them respond, right? You put it right back in their lap and watch how they freaking react to it because I've done it so many times because look, I don't know. Some, once upon a time, somebody told me there's like 100,000 coaches in the DFW market, right? Dallas, Fort Worth, and I'm and I'm like, okay, if there's a hundred thousand coaches, there's a lot of fucking people that have no idea what the hell they're doing. Um, and I'm not anti-coach, but for me, most time coach means an unemployable person, which means nobody will hire them. They couldn't go find a job, so now they're a coach. You know, I love consultants, big different bag altogether. But I get a lot of coaches in my world that 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 
want to come up and give me advice. I'm like, cool, tell me your experience. Where's the advice coming from so I can validate? I always wanted to kind of fact check what things are coming from. They're like, oh, well, I was middle management for, you know, 40 years for a company. I'm like, I appreciate that experience. It has no validity on what I'm doing now. They're like, but I can help you. No, you can't. You got your knowledge and advice here. Go fuck up in business. Go almost lose everything you have. You know, go build something. Then come back and talk to me. But I, I think oftentimes people are trying to give advice because it makes them feel good. Yeah. Versus actually being genuine advice that we can we can use. So well, let's face it. Most people want to do talking instead of listening. Right? Oh, for sure. And uh, and that's where I was like, you know, what if there was any major lesson I learned um, when I left that other organization coming up on five years ago? Now can't believe it's already been almost five years. <laughs> it's crazy. Is there was three lessons I I learned. One, don't be in a convincing business because yep. nobody's got that power, right? Yep. One, I don't have the time and energy to be convinced, nor do I have the time and energy to convince each other. For sure. So we got to have a value exchange of trust, and I provide, you decide. Yep. We're going to do it my way, my process. I'm going to give you my advice, and you're going to make decisions because it's your money. Guys, if you just yeah. listen to that, that's a master class in sales yep. because that is sales right there. Anything yep. else where, where you're trying to convince, push, you know, drop, anybody who's yep. doing this hard closing shit or anything like that, you're an idiot. Listen yeah. to everything Jeremy just said. Yeah, and that, that, was, that was a huge one for me to learn. Right. Is because one, you don't really have that magical power. No. Right. And, 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 and that's when I, when I fully understood what that meant and I have clients that try to force me to be in a convincing business. And that's when I tell them like, Hey, listen, we can continue down the path that we originally set the tone in, which is you can choose whether or not to take the advice because it is your decision, but I'm not going to convince you of things. Right. We still have one or two that'll slip through. We've got one recently we're dealing with that. As a matter of fact, I was ready to cut this person loose this quick as a client, but James is new. And I was like, nah, let's let <laughs> James learn. Let, yeah, let, let James learn what happens when you're when you're doing that. And it's to go, hey, look, I know I'm not a fit for everybody. If you're looking for someone that's going to answer the phone at 10 o'clock at night, be at your beck and call, handhold, and give you 100% of their time, there are those agents out there, but that's not us. You come to us because we are the subject matter yeah. experts. We know what we are doing. And by the way, our the data can show you that we know what we are doing. And there's a reason we're in the top 1% of producers in this nation, right? We didn't get there because we do it your way. You know, <laughs> if I did it everybody else's way, I'd have to change my ways 100 times a year. So we just go, this is our way. If you're comfortable with it, we're, we're going we're gonna to be able to do a lot of great things together. And if not, that's okay. Yeah. We'll find somebody that is more of a fit for you. Yeah, for sure. Like yesterday, so with our networking groups, you know, I find the, what we call GSDs, get shit done people, right, to, to run these groups all across the U.S. And we're getting ready to go international with the groups as well. But when you find this dynamic leader, they get it. They're going to bring a group of, of badass business owners, business leaders together, and they're collectively going to work towards growing each other's businesses. And I get to talk to a lot of people that are interested in starting these groups. Well, I talked to a guy out of Vegas yesterday about starting the groups, and we were 10 minutes into the conversation about seeing if you'd be a good fit. And he goes, what are you going to do to grow my chapter? And I said, nothing. <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean nothing? I said, one, you came to me to start the chapter. Two, this is your baby. We'll give you the culture. We'll give you the guidelines. We'll give you everything else. But I'm not going to build this for you. You've got to go build this yourself. He goes, well, why would I want to be doing this if you're not going to help me build it? I said, dude, I've got two top podcasts in the world. I've got a magazine with over 10,000 subscribers on it. I said, we've got a ton of marketing out there. We're doing a shit ton. But if you can't get 10 people to show up to a Zoom call, that's on you. And it just told me everything. And I ended the conversation. You know, people want other people to do the heavy lifting and shit for them. 
right? Yeah. And and when when you don't set your parameters and know what it's an absolute no for you as a business owner or as a sales call, and if you don't sit across from somebody and work towards disqualifying that inform- that individual to work within your processes, whether work within your systems, if you don't work to disqualify them, you're going to come across as a cheesy sales guy. And if you don't say no to people, you're just an idiot that's going to burn your business to the ground. And you know what's funny when you bring up your magazine too is – um, and James, uh, he's six weeks ago, he was on a Facebook thread with other agents, which he called me and he was like, man, these people are dumb. <laughs> and I was like, why are you on that thread? You're going to get no value out right. of it. One, I don't hire anybody that has previous experience because I want to train them my way. For sure. Right. Because the second rule I learned five years ago was don't care what other people think. Right. Mm. If I listen to what everybody, oh. what everybody thought of me and what everybody told me I could and couldn't do, I would not be where I'm at. And so to the point of that is why I don't hire people with previous experience in real estate. Now, do I want them to have experience in sales and all these other different aspects? Absolutely. But not real estate specifically because I want them to do it my way. Yep. Why my way? Because I didn't get to being in the top 1% of producers because I was doing it everybody else's way, right? So, And I had everybody telling me everything wrong to the, to the, to the point of the process. I, I told James, I said, look, when I decided that we were going to take a different route, which was as I get a new client and I have a phone call with them and I say, hey, listen, we're going to have you take the culture index and that's going to help us communicate with you better. It is, it is there so that way we can present information to you so that way you can process it better, faster and cleaner to give you clarity because clarity creates trust and confusion creates fear. Then this is here to serve you. And then once we do that, we're going to do a Zoom call where you get to meet the entire team. So you're not just being a whored out to one person. Right. You've got an entire team that works with you. And then it is the team that actually does this stuff better than I do. Do you know how many people said, you are going to shit the bed. You do not know what you're doing. Yep. And, and guess what? We're doing just fine. Right? Is uh, This is weird. I get these new hearing aids. I finally got hearing aids. My <laughs> wife's yelling at me. And even though my phone's on Do Not Disturb, sometimes a call will get through and my hearing aid will whoop. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? So sorry about that disruption. Your age is showing, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I thought it was just the gray hair and the wrinkles in the face. But what, what, but what happened is, is everybody was sitting here telling me this is not going to work. Well, as it turns out, it does work. And, and does it mean that are there times that I turn down business because someone doesn't want to follow my process that could be a potentially really, really good client? Yeah, absolutely. But I'd rather not make an exception because I've done that. Yep. And when I did, I, I regretted it. Yep. Uh, that somebody would slide through that is a just monster to work with, right? Doesn't make him a bad person, just makes him a monster to work with. And so I was like, no, we do. Oh, you're nicer than me. It makes them a bad person because they're an (laughs) asshole. Come on. (laughs) Even to the point of a friend of 30 years was moving back to Texas and said, hey, this is what I want to go get. And I said, great, here's our process, blah, blah, blah. Walked them through it, no issues. Sends an email when Lynn sends, hey, here's a survey. And he goes, well, I just don't want to take it. Just go find my house. And I called him up and I said, hey, brother, check it out. I love you, and I can't wait for you to be back here. But if you're not going to follow our process, then you need to go find somebody else. And he goes, okay, I'll find somebody else. Yeah, did that suck? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But what I learned is if I control the process, and my process has demonstrated, not just by what I say, but the data that shows it, the yep. results that show it, then I know my process works. So let's let's just do my process, and if you don't want to, go find somebody else. And that is hard to yep. do, right? You know, but – but what it, you know, so coming back to James is he's on this thread and he's like, yeah, I just came onto this team. We're doing all this business. And they were like, oh, they must have a huge advertising budget. Actually, he's like, they have 
they spend little to nothing on advertising. And it's made me think of it when you mentioned your magazine is the only advertising I do is out of desire. And it's usually to support somebody else. It's someone that I care about. So when you're like, Hey, I got this magazine. I was like, Hey man, I want to support your magazine. So I'm going to advertise it. If I never get a dime out of it, that's fine. That's not why I spent the money. Right. On Fort Worth Club Magazine. The reason I'm in a centerfold is because I got a lot of friends up there that I know it pisses them off every time they open the magazine. But that's all I spend on advertising. People go, it is impossible that you could do that much business without advertising. And I was like, really? Because my, well, my results are showing it. Yeah, man. But not. here's what people don't understand about you. Because uh, you and I are cut from a very similar cop. Everything we do has a networking aspect to it. Yeah. Right. We've, we've made a art out of making people know who the fuck we are, right? You know, any room you or I walk, and I tell everybody, yeah. the only time I ever look like an introvert is when Jeremy Spann walks <laughs> in the room. Because <laughs> um, you are the loudest motherfucker I've ever met. But, you know, but we've, we've perfected the art of getting to the right people, making sure people know who the hell we are, keeping our names top of mind at all points. I mean... And it's been fun to watch you over the years do it because, you know, for me, when I was doing things heavy in Fort Worth, I wanted to be the guy that came top of mind, period, when he thought about sales because I wanted everybody to hire me for sales training. And it worked very, very well. And in this day and age, everybody's like, you know, it's all about who you know. No, it has no business of who you know. It's who knows you, right? When something pops up, when something, you know, comes up that's in your niche, your brand, your whatever, your name better be the name that comes into play because otherwise you're not doing it right. So we don't spend a lot of money on advertising. We do a lot of things to keep our face and name out there. I love the day you called me up a couple of years back and go, dude, there's only one guy in the world that's bigger on social media that I personally know, and it's your ass, right? Um, but I've stayed in the game because I know the value of keeping my brand out there. I know the value of showing up. I know the value. And it's a lot of work to do the amount of social media we do. It's a lot of work to put amount of content out there. But even the amount of work that we do and the amount of content we put out there, guys, there's guys that are putting out 10 times the volume of stuff that I'm putting out there. And, and, but it's all from this whole place of we got to stay top of mind. And I think that's the gem of anybody who's legitimately building a business. If nobody knows about you, you don't, you're never going to have a business. you got to get your name and brand out there. And I think that's just what you and I have both perfected in this game very similar routes, by the way. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and you know, and the interesting thing too is you and I are figure it out people. Yes. Right. Very much and so. it, matter of fact, the whole reason for the audience, the reason you're listening to this podcast is because of Donnie. Right. <laughs> I knew that so, was going to come up. Right. It's a couple of years ago. It was like, how in the hell is this Lance Corporal Third Award? Go put together a podcast. <laughs> it's one of the most downloaded podcasts on the planet. And then, because again, it goes back to that, you make it look easy. And then when you and I sat at the Fort Worth Club <laughs> having coffee, Jeremy came, like, on. Jeremy came in thinking, I'm going to start a podcast. <laughs> 45 minutes later, dude, this guy's head was spinning. It took me two years from there to get it off the ground, right? Because I was like, what? Because when I realized the amount of time commitment to it, I was like, I don't, I don't have that time commitment mm. right now to dedicate to this, but it was always on my radar where I knew I was going to get it there. And, and, and I was sitting there. And so I mean, it as a compliment is to go, well, Donnie does this. I can do this. And then <laughs> I get there and I was like, there's no way in hell I can do this right now. No, I, I don't, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't have. And it wasn't until. 
that I could evolve my team because, look, you can't put more minutes on the clock. Absolutely. So you have to cut things out of the clock in order to create that time, right? And then now evolving to where we've gotten to as a team, it finally afforded the ability, which brings up another buddy I'll leave nameless who is all kinds of butthole hurt that he hasn't got on here yet. <laughs> and I and, 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 and I want to explain to him, go, well, just for the you, record, how long have you been trying to get me on the on the show? I mean, oh, you've been <laughs> shutting me down since day one, since I started this thing. Well, actually, you had one, and then you no showed, and you were like, "Oh no, I read the calendar invite wrong." And I was like, <laughs> "That was legit, though." <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, if you ever want to be successful in business, find yourself a no shit calendar system. Yes, because that is the one thing that can wreck Absolutely. your entire everything. I live and die by a calendar. Which so the same friend. Uh, uh, I want to explain to him, and, and I'm sure I'll get the opportunities to go, look, you see the easy button of everything that I do, but do you think I make any of my own day-to-day right. decisions? Like the thousands and thousands of dollars that I spent to get this thing set up, the, the, the months of time that Aaron spent with me digesting who I was, what my past was, who my network was to get my lineup – I literally have this easy as all I do is I walk in, sit down, do an interview. They do everything and it puts it out. So that's the only thing. But that's the reason I outsource, right? So, I mean, yeah. to give everybody a perspective, my podcast team for just growth mode, not success champions, is 17 people producing that show right now. Yeah. Right? So me and Kevin, who's my director of operations, sit down and record on Fridays from there, it goes to a video editor, goes to an audio engineer, goes to a graphic designer, video editor. I mean, it goes to an entire people that are writing SEO and blogs, and they're doing graphics. I mean, th- this is not just showing up and doing our thing. This is years of busting our ass building businesses so we can afford to hire people to do all this shit for us. I mean, it, it, it's a lot of moving damn parts. Oh, man. And, you know, and it's funny as I try to, you know, the same friend I would explain. It's like, man, stop trying to take this personal, right? right? It's... It has nothing to do with who you are or who you aren't or anything. It's like, for 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 example, is like I've got a lot of banking relationships, and I have a personal banker who knows more about my finances than probably anybody he knows else. Your blood type at this point, he, he knows <laughs> he knows everything. And so when I brought on another banker, because also a marine, and also was there to tell a specific story on some content, he was like, "How come I didn't come on first? <laughs> and I was like, because I wasn't told that you were going to come on first, right? Like, literally, this stuff is set out for me. So it's literally, you, you look at someone and go, hey, look, stop taking things personal. It's like, there is a methodology, there is a strategy, there is a skill of everything that we're doing that the reason I hire folks to put these things together is so that way I don't have to think about it. Oh, and that way you don't have right? to make dumb decisions, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's why you hire these smart damn people that can go do things better than you would ever do it. Because given to your own vices, you would fuck this up so bad. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh, my. I mean, literally, I mean, you saw it, right? Yep. I walked in the door with a cup of coffee. We sat down. We do this. And then we yep. record in bulk, right? Yep. And then they, the team does all that, and then they release them. And, 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 you know, which really funny is the only thing that I'm required to do out of this is to review them all. Right. And do you know how many nasty texts I get each Friday going, hey, where, where are we at on this? Because it's just like, you know, which eventually I'm just going to have somebody else do that yep. too because I just I don't have that. I don't have that amount of time. In order to deliver the value that I want to deliver to people, whether it's them getting content out of this podcast, whether it's a 
real estate buying and selling, investing, you know, whether it's Cowtown Warriors getting more donors, whether it's the restaurant, whatever, many, many of things, I have to outsource this stuff and I have to look at people and go, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's not that I don't want to go have a beer with you. It's not that I want, don't want to go do these things, but in order to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish means I have to make certain sacrifices. And because Very that comes so. back to lesson number three out of the three lessons I learned. First, don't be in a convincing business. Two, stop caring what other people think. For sure. Right? Because it's really funny. It's like, yeah, I wrote this down. You know, the person gives you advice, give the same advice back to them, yeah. see the look on their face. Is because if I listen to the advice of those other folks that would have, I wouldn't be where I'm at. But the third is my time is not free. Yep. Right? Is is as much as I would like to be a nonprofit for the entire world and give them free things. That's not how the business world works, right? And it's not how my mortgage lender uh, wants me to operate in, right? right? It's not how the you know the electric company wants me to pay my bills. So there is a certain element of it. Now, I have to make money in order to pay my bills, but I make that money because I focus on other clients and their money, and that meant money naturally follows, like we talked about. But my time is not free, and I get really, really annoyed when the people that I love and care the most mm-hmm. want to come to me and say, I want your time for free. So it's like, yeah, it's like, hey, man, I want to support your magazine. How much is the ad? And you're like, this is how much it is. And I was like, okay, here's a check, right? right? I didn't go, well, hey, can you cut me a deal, <laughs> right? Like, like, wait a minute. It either fits, either it fits within your yes. budget or not. And, and, I, and I don't ask people for deals because I don't want to be asked for the same deals, right? right? Now, what I will do is like, when I'm looking at evaluating things, if I've got two different companies that can do the same thing and one can do it more efficiently and more cost-effective and deliver more value, then naturally that company gets and it. And I'll pay more for that. And I, Yeah, and I'm willing to pay yes, more for that. Yes. Actually, what I'm willing to do is I'm willing to absorb more of the mistakes that do occur because anytime you have things, mistakes occur, right? Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's business 101. If things yeah. aren't breaking, if there's not chaos happening, you're not going big enough. Yeah. You're playing it too damn safe. Um, we, we, we learn, so we've got a running rule in, in the company and it's literally written in our bylaws. Then it says, go break shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we put it in there literally because we've found ourselves a couple times sitting in a bubble bath and all comfortable and nice and relaxed. And then all of a sudden get a right hook and you know, the water's drained out and we're standing buck naked somewhere with losing our ass. So yeah. we, we put a clause in there that we have constantly, if things aren't breaking, then we're not going big enough. So that's trying new technology, trying new processes, trying new systems, recreating standard operating procedures, to make things better, faster, quicker, and whatever else, um, which my team, they're going to hear me talking about processes and laugh because I am, anti-process but a company can't function without them so i'm the guy that creates a process and then they're the guys that keep me accountable to the process yeah because i am horrible at it but but it's 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 part of the game of going in trying something new hoping it breaks then looking at it going okay that broke how do we make it better? How do we prevent it from happening again? Or how do we make it big, bigger so we can get better results out of it? Punch holes in it till you can't punch holes anymore, right? Yep. Because yep. when you find out where the holes are, you can make it as airtight as a balloon. Because if you don't, a spaghetti strainer is a spaghetti strainer, right? right? And right. water's going to come out of it if you just ignore those things. And it is hard. It's hard to do those things. And, you know, like you're talking about on processes, everything we do is process-oriented, yep. right? Yep. And we learn from things, right? If it's a one-off situation, we go, okay, that's a one-off situation. It shouldn't have any p- impact. But if it happens more than once, you're like, okay, we need to create a process that, that tries to prevent us from running into the same thing. And, and, and that's how we become very, very successful at what we do. And what it does is it adds credibility. It creates trust. Because when you have breakdowns in processes – 
it creates confusion, and that confusion creates that fear. Yep. Right. Yep. And we want people to have clarity. Like I mean, literally, I have a methodology. Remember that show by Jeff Foxworthy? Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Yes. I want everything. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Yep. Right. I want it that simple. Stop making things complicated. Let's make it simple as possible. Right. Because then it makes it easier to address the things when those things occur. For sure. Right. So. You and I, man, and a, God, we could we could literally make this a ten hour episode, <laughs> right? Um, but one of the things I want to make sure that we touch on is you, you and I. Um, we talk about this often, mm. right? Um, matter of fact, I don't, I don't I don't think we ever not talk about it when we do talk. <laughs> is you know, there's this perception that veterans are broken, <laughs> right, and that we've got to have all these hand me downs because of these poor veterans. When you hear that, oh, it drives me fucking bonkers. Yeah. Look, there's no poor veterans. It's such a small minority. Uh, but I, I want for me, it's always talking straight to the veterans. Fucking put put your hands back in your fucking pockets and get get to fucking work. I mean, I'm so sick of everybody wanting these handouts and wanting somebody to give them a leg up. Um, I talked to a lieutenant colonel had just gotten out not too long ago, and he'd reached out and he wanted some advice. And, you know, he was a lieutenant colonel, did 20, 24 years in the military. And he looked at me and he goes, man, I need a CEO position. And I laughed. And I said, and he goes, what are you laughing for? I'm like, you literally said that out loud and you meant every word of it. He goes, you damn right I did. I said, okay, you were a lieutenant colonel. He goes, absolutely. I said, okay, here's what I want to do. I want you to take your entire unit and have them ready to go to war. Okay, right now, ready to go to war, go to battle, do everything. He goes, cool. I said, I'm going to invite a CEO of a company to come over and replace you to run that unit into a military sector. And he goes, oh, yeah, that would never work. I'm like, why not? He goes, because that CEO knows shit about my troops, knows shit about the the battle plan, anything else. I said, then how the fuck am I going to pluck you straight out of the military and make you a CEO of a company? You know, and and – I think most people that come out of the military, not most, a lot of them come out of the military. They got their hand out going, I deserve X. It's <laughs> not the freaking truth. Yeah. You know, and the flip side of that is there's a lot of good damn people that come out of the military. You know, hopefully you guys see from Jeremy and I speaking and some of the other people he's brought on the show, some of us put our head down and got to work and we made some shit happen. That's you know? called the entitlement. Right. right? <laughs> is. And I, and I get that. I mean, I talk to people that are transitioning all the time, whether they did four years, whether they did 40 years, whether they're getting out as a general, whether they're getting out as a sergeant major or master guns or, or whichever. And, and, I, and I always sit there and I laugh and go, look, at the end of the day, here's the reality of it, right? And I'm not disgruntled about this. I just had to learn to accept the reality of this is – there are people which make up less than 6% of the entire population of 350 million people living in this country that actually took an oath to serve in the military. Yep. And in all actuality, only those that have done it are really going to truly identify with the other ones that have done it. Yep. Right? Then you have the people that really do support the military. Right. Like they are very passionate very about patriotic. thank you yep. for your yep. service. Thank you for everything. I wouldn't have what I have. Ooh, hold that thought. Guys, if you are in a veteran, somebody walks up and says thank you for their service, don't get pissed off. Don't yeah. don't take offense. Look at them and say it's my honor and move the fuck on. Actually, you know what my response is when they come up and they say thank you for your service? I go, thank you for being worth it. Oh, that's a great one. I've always said my honor, but yeah, I, I yeah. like that. Thank you. Thank you for being worth it because I didn't go do it because yeah, I didn't care about it. the people in this country. So then you've got that bucket of people that really, truly, truly do care about the veterans. And then you got the yellow ribbons. Yep. Right? That's as far as it goes. Yep. Is the yellow ribbons. 
like I tied a yellow ribbon around my tree, I support what you do, but that's as good as it's going to be. And then you have the rest of the folks, which could really don't care about the service at all. Right. Which is really funny. Is I would rather have someone go, I really think the military is useless and I really think you wasted your time and we shouldn't have military than to sit there and lie to me and go, oh, thanks for your service and then turn around. around and, yeah, social and, and, media, and, whatever. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you do. You have these people that are very ignorant, right, of like, <laughs> by the way, you do know the, literally the only thing that keeps us from, from – <laughs> From working under a monarch or a dictator or anything else is because we can go fuck everybody else up more than they can fuck us up, right? Right. right? <laughs> I mean, that's the truth of it, right? We have a bigger stick than everybody else, and we and we've demonstrated over the last number of years that we're not scared to use it. Yep. And so that that really does keep that people live under this fallacy, especially in today's climate of of things. Is but but that's the reality, and what I tell folks is when you get out. Like, I remember when I got out. And by the way, not, not much has changed in the last two no. and a half decades from no. when I got out is I got out thinking I was going to get a job. And, hey, you know, man, decorated Marine, get out. Give me a job. And they were just like, yeah, thanks. But Dude, I tell you, when, when I my first kind of big boy job, right? I was recruited um, from here to go up to St. Louis to be part of a franchise sales team. And I get up there and I talk like I talk. I dress like I, I – I owned one suit at the time. And now I'm working in this corporate America, you know, Fortune 1 company with Cardinal Health. And I'm part of this franchise sales team. So I get up there and I'm, I'm still carrying myself like I just came from selling heating and air conditioning for Christ's sakes, right? So I'm blue collar as hell. And I get up there and the vice president of the company, right, number two or three man in the whole company, pulls me aside in this little conference room and it's just me and him and we're sitting down and he goes, young man, you need to learn two things. And when he uses young man, you know you're about to get a fucking earful, right? Yeah. Um, he goes, you need to learn two things. He goes, one, lose a fucking twang. As soon as you say y'all, you sound like a dumb hillbilly. Nobody's going to take you serious. Wasn't wrong. If you're going to play corporate America, go play corporate America. Um, play the game. The second thing he said is quit telling people you were a damn veteran. It means jack shit in corporate America. He wasn't telling me he was ungrateful for my service. He wasn't telling me it was unpatriotic. What he was telling me was to quit leaning on it because I would walk up and everybody like, I'm a United States Marine from a standpoint of it meant something like it should give me up. Like I put it on the resume, you know, honorable discharge and all that stuff. Guys, it means jack shit. It just means you've got experience in the military side of things. So I had to learn that I had to turn off that portion of a lot, not be ungrateful for the time I served. What I had to learn was I was starting at fucking ground zero and I was going to have to bust my ass and figure it out and grow and get the skill sets to be successful in life. And once I comprehended that my time in the military is like having a four-year degree, it means nothing, right? It, you got to go get the experience. Once I wrap my head around that, dude, I climbed the corporate ladder so damn fast because there was no crutches. There was no obstacles in my way. I was just able to freaking perform on pure ability of what I was good at. And, you know, you put me in front of people and shit's going to happen and things are going to move. But – Early on, I tried to use the military as a crutch, and I think a lot of people that are coming out of the military believe that because they serve, they should get X. And if you're one of those assholes out there, turn that shit off and get to fucking work. Go eat some shit for a few years. Do a job that sucks to learn a skill set until – I mean, because look, if you were a badass in the military and you climbed all the fucking ranks and you got to a high power rank – You'll do the same thing in any job you get. Just go get the damn job and get to freaking work. 
and then climb. Yeah. And that's, man, you know, it's kind of funny is, um, and I, and it, it's really kind of an oddity, right? Is in the Marine Corps, I, I really had just a very few rules to operate under. Now, Listen, all my freedoms away because I fall under the UCMJ. Yep. I don't have no all that. We could break that down, but the reality of it was, I lived by a few rules. One, make sure my buddy doesn't get dead or hurt. Yep. And as long as I've accomplished that, make sure I don't get dead or hurt. And as long as we've accomplished both of those, then we're going to go kill the enemy. And that was the simplicity of it. We had all these layers of logistics and procurement and everything else that support everything from chow to housing to SGLI to all these things that you don't realize all the other elements that are there. That's the reason, and you and I talk about this often, is that people go, well, what'd you do in the Marine Corps? And I was like, man, I love when you ask that, is what all jobs are important. Some are sexier. Yes. Some are more sexier than the others. Now, I'm not going to lie. When I got to go to the Blue Angels, that was pretty, <laughs> they have the coolest job, right? You know, <laughs> F-18 fighter pilots. Uh, but I was like, every job is important. And I really realized that more when I got out yeah. than when I was in. Because I did. I was like, man, I got a pretty sexy job. I know, you know, hey. And then now I'm just like, I well, I mean, but was it really sexy? I mean, at the end of the day, I was just more brain damaged. Than okay, everybody else. Yeah, 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 yeah. you got to have a certain level of because I mean, damage. The, if you watch yeah. the Marine Corps commercials and stuff, it oh, yeah. looks legit badass until yeah. you realize that oh, asshole's yeah. freezing his ass. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, by the way, there is no Marine. There's no spec ops, whoever, that actually go, I enjoy being cold, wet, and sandy, <laughs> right? Yeah. What do you mean the water is only 50 below zero? Let me go swim in that for oh, a while. Oh, look, they're in yeah. boot camp, and they look, they're smiling oh, yeah. and they're yelling they're, cadence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they look happy, right? They just started the 30-mile run. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, so what I, what I, you know, so when you get out, you, you realize, uh, I had all these things that I no longer have. So a recent example is, Coming up on a year ago, I had a friend of mine that was retiring as a master guns. Mm. And I have a friend of mine who's an entrepreneur. <laughs> and I he was looking for a retired master guns to come be help run some operations, especially on the sales side. And he was coming from the recruiting environment, like, hey man, this is perfect. And so I matched him up together, and my buddy that's the entrepreneur is also a Marine, he was a Marine Corps officer. And the master guns, I asked him after the first six weeks, I was like, Hey, how's it going? He's like uh, I, I, I'm learning a lot in that, like, there's things I want, and he goes, we don't have the money for that. <laughs> Whereas, like, in the Marine Corps, you've got this enormous multi-billion dollar budget that you get to use to go get your beans, bullets, and Band-Aids. And he's like, no, you're going to have to create a way to go do that, right? So you, you make that transition to go, oh, oh, wait, we're not in Kansas no more. Yeah. We don't have all of those things that we had before. So we really did have it very good. So now you're making this transition that you you should – be entitled to this, you know, when they're like, this is what I have to go make, right? And I'm like, man, you need to realign what your expectations are because <laughs> if that is, because if this is what you have to go make, then the easiest way to that path to that number is to go allow a company to put some golden handcuffs on you. Yep. And you are going to be literally a Hebrew slave. Yep. To that organization. Yep. And they're going to make it where you're not going to leave because they're offering the things that you have to have. And so I tried, I like getting to these folks before they're going to make the transition to go, hey, reset your expectations, reset what you need, you know, you have, come out here, be open-minded and know that these folks appreciate what you did. They're not saying you're not a leader. They're not saying you don't know how to go do things. 
But here's the deal is why you've been serving in the military, why you've been dedicating your life to that, they've sat back and were like, hey, man, I appreciate you doing that because that's allowed me to go make money. Yep. So, and then also you're going from um, operating within a budget to do you understand what making things more profitable is, right? That is two different methodologies. So. And so these folks make this transition, and, and that's why, you know, I look at folks and go, veterans are, here's what you can get out of veteran. Someone that can be loyal, because, look, if somebody willing to sign a piece of paper, whether they liked her four years or not, right. have demonstrated that they were loyal enough to go sign a piece of paper. They know how to get up early. They know how to have a work ethic. They know how to work late, Right. They know how to get shit done. They know how to get it done. And especially, this is as much as I make fun of like second and third award Lance Corporals, I'm like, hey, it's like having a tiger by the tail. But if you want somebody to get things done, go hire someone that was a that, that got demoted a couple of times, right. but still was able to stay in because they, they've learned how to figure things out, right? <laughs> you know, they're going to get things done. Maybe not the way you want it to be done. But but if you do that and you and you change your your mentality of getting out instead of going, what's mine? is, you know, it, at the end of the day, there are other forces in, in, of nature and, and practice here that are going to that are gonna really break your heart. And that's why, you know, and here's the thing, too, is you also need to understand that when you're in the military, whether you do four years or 40 years, at some point, either you or the military is going to make the decision of what day is the last day yeah. that you put on that uniform, and you need to accept that the day... You put on that uniform for the last time. Enjoy your moment, but there's a reason it's called the past, yep. right? So, like uh, James is over in the office yesterday. We've been breaking down this large deal we we're working on, and he says, "Man, you know, it's kind of funny." Is you know, in my office, right? Like you, you've been in my like these two walls are dry erase paint, and this is where I have all my strategy, deal flow, and everything else. Behind me is my bookshelf that's got all the books yep, and all yep. these little trinkets and whatnot. Yep. Uh, only one little Marine Corps photo of like my family lineage of everybody yep. that's been in the military. He goes, man, you don't ever hang your your stuff up. And he goes, and he goes, why? And I was like, because it's part of my past, right? Like I had in one of our moves, I had a. a Doesn't a, it crack you up though when when people you walk into yeah. somebody's office and it's like Superman Marine oh, Corps, dude? Yeah, their wall yeah. is painted. They got freaking all their medals up, big yeah. huge Marine Corps emblem. I'm like. I'm not taking Why? anything away from him, you know, by by saying, hey, good for you. But here's what I told him, because I had a footlocker that, that was stolen in one of my moves uh, a couple of years ago that had, I mean, look, you and I were in during a time before digital photos, right? right? So these are like actual photos that are gone forever, shirts, certificates, things that are just gone, right? right. That are gone, gone. And, and he was like, he goes, man, you know, there's actually a couple of things that were missing. He goes, you know, was your name on that stuff? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, you know, we could probably track it down. I was like, don't waste any time doing that. And he goes, why not? And I said, here's what I want you to notice. You see this bookshelf behind me with all these books that I got in college and all this yay me stuff? I was like, that's my past. That's what makes me sit in the chair that I'm sitting at. What I'm looking at is this board that moves the needle. You got to be forward thinking. You got to appreciate what you did in the past, but you got to be ready to move on. Because if you're not ready to move on and you're going to live in the past, then the past is going to own you. Yeah, it's, it's like the guy who was a stud in football in high school, right? Yeah. He caught the one touchdown pass for the state championship, and he's 50 years old still talking about that yeah. fucking still touchdown. Wearing his, yeah, wearing his high school championship. It, it, it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's a second stage of life. Go live it. Yeah. And, that's, and that is. I mean, that's, and that's why I try to tell folks is like, look, man, 
no one's here to take anything away from it. I'm very, I, I think you and I would agree this that, you know, when we talk offline and not in front of other people is we're very proud of our service. We're very proud yes. of what we did. We're very dedicated. We very much care. I would say, I would even put it on the table that if there was a, hundred, a room of a hundred other people, and even if they were all vets, you and I have actually demonstrated that we've done more for vets than anybody else. For sure. Right? For sure. Whether it was the networking events, whether it was putting on the charity events, yep. whether no matter what, helping vets get jobs and everything else. So I don't want people to misconstrue that we're trying to hate on things. It's just like we're just trying to give a dose of reality that we want you to make that transition smoother, faster, so that way you can go out of here and be a productive member of society. Well, and one good way to look at it is business owners and CEOs like to hang out with business owners and CEOs. Right. So for me, a yeah. lot of times I don't spend a lot of time in the veteran communities and I choose very selectively who I hang out with, period. But when it comes to veteran spaces, I hang out with veterans who are CEOs. I hang out with veterans that yeah. are business owners because we have a common language and things we can talk about. Uh, and people give me hell every once in a while for not doing – and I've done a lot for the veterans like you were saying. But yeah. I don't spend a lot of time in that space. Once they've gone through the shit and they want to launch a business, and they want to find success, they want to do things, come talk to me. Now we're uh, – we're, we have an equal – conversation. I'm not saying I'm better than you, yeah. but we have things to talk about. I'm here to move the needle, yep. right? And and you know, and, and and you're absolutely right. You know, I would love, and I'm sure at some point in my life, especially towards the retirement, <laughs> that I will have the luxury of time. Yep. And that's one of the things I had to learn too was if you don't control your time, other people and other things will. will. And there's not a shortage of people that will utilize your time for their benefit. Yep. And and I was like, I have to control my time. But I would love to have the luxury of sitting around and drinking beers and telling war stories and anything else. But the reality is I have an obligation to my family. I have an obligation to the people I care about. I have an obligation to my clients. I have an obligation to just the human race to go out here and move the needle and be productive. Absolutely. And it's not going to be done if I'm sitting there, you know, thinking about the good old days. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so and that's what I want. That's to get because if you do. I think this show has been a really good platform for demonstrating those folks that have made the transition and are doing incredibly well. Like, I, I mean, one of the things, like, I know you and I kind of go back and forth on formal education. You know, you got your <laughs> views on it. I got my views on it. But Your views are wrong, but that's okay. Yeah, but I mean, according to you, I'm wrong in everything. Is but, but is seeing how many of these folks are getting out and getting MBAs, right? And I tell folks, I was like, look, for, for me in undergrad – is to learn how to learn, right? An MBA for me was to learn how to ask the right questions. And it was a language, much like a foreign language, that once I spoke the business language, it got me a different response in rooms, right? And and so I tell people, I was like, yeah, it was just literally to help me go learn how to speak a, another language, right? And I so I am happy seeing that and seeing these vets that are COO, CEOs, business owners, just, I mean, slaying it instead of just doing the normal, well, I'm going to go be a contractor, yep. right? And, and, you know, because it is scary, right? It, it, it is, you know, I, it, it's funny as I, I, my, I, my wife and I talk about this all the time is my daughter, and I talked about this on other episodes, my daughter the other day was like, man, dad's not scared of anything. She goes, are you kidding <laughs> she goes, did you realize, and you'll find this funny because you know my background in the Marine Corps, is I'm actually incredibly terrified of heights. <laughs> I didn't know. And I was in the wrong role right, yeah, to be, you were. To, to be right? <laughs> and I'm also incredibly terrified of needles. Like, like, like terrified, terrified of needles, right? Like no way, no how. 
I, I don't care if it's funny. a horse pill, you know, <laughs> right? And I'm also terrified in working on this business deal because I've put three years of work in it, right? And, and anything can go wrong because I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of things that I don't have control over, right? Right? Is I, I'm like, I don't have any control over that, so I'm terrified by that. And But I can choose. Do I live in a comfort zone that doesn't have to face those scary things? Or do I get comfortable with being uncomfortable and go face those scary yep. things? Um, like I have a, um, a recent person, uh, recent and we'll call it the last six months, of someone that I, I believe can be probably one of the most successful people that I've ever met. But this individual has demonstrated that they're not comfortable getting uncomfortable yeah. and they're still going to be incredibly successful. But what I think is likely to happen is they're going to hit that wall. And the only way to get over that wall is to start getting comfortable with uncomfortable. Right. Yep. And, and, and it is, it's scary. It's terrifying. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would love to go do nothing but comfortable things, but this is the way it is. Right. I mean, there's a reason there is a defining difference between someone that elevates to that next level and a person that doesn't. Right. That's absolutely true. Right? I mean, it comes to the end of the day that if, if, and I go back to what I said earlier, if things aren't breaking, if there's not chaos happening, you're not moving forward. And, and for me, it's about failing forward, failing better. It's about looking at things going, okay, that's the tier. That's the level I want to get to. That's the next stage of business. That's a new thing I want to launch. Okay. That intimidates the hell out of me. That's a lot bigger than I'd been thinking. Cool. Let's head that direction because it's in the breaking. It's in the chaos that you figure everything else out and it becomes your next level of evolution. And I think as business owners, we have to evolve to that next level version of ourselves because who we are right now got us here. Yeah. Right. And if we don't start evolving, we can't get to that next tier, that next level. You'll stay here and plateau out. And there's truly no plateau. You actually start degrading and going backwards. So so you've got to look at challenges. You've got to look at life and you've got to look at things and go, okay, what can I break next? What is that next thing on the horizon? What is one tier bigger? And keep pushing at it. And if you can't do that, then Two things have got to happen. One, quit dreaming, <laughs> right? The second thing is get okay with where you are in life. Yeah. Because so many people beat themselves up because they're not accomplishing these great things and they're not doing all this stuff, right? Turn off the noise. That goes back to my rule number two, right? Yep. Stop caring what other people Absolutely. think. Absolutely. And here's the thing too is find veterans like you and I. One of the things I've loved about our, our friendship and our relationship that we've developed – Developed over the last decade. Decade, God. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Um, is you and I can go six, nine, 12 months without talking. And then it's like I look down at my phone and it's like, man, Donnie's calling me. And it, he's not sending me a text with an inappropriate <laughs> photo attached to it. So this must be important. Like, hey, brother, what's going on? It's a few minutes catching up. Just yep. like, you know, like when nothing was ever missed. And been like, yeah, man, this is, this is what I'm dealing with right now. And then... And you know, whether it's you to me or you to me, we've done it back and forth. Yep. It's like, yep. you're going to be all right, man. Yeah. You're going to be all right. Because that's also what we, we enjoy about our relationship is because we gone through the trenches and stuff. We can call each other and be like, man, I just need a moment of reassurance. For right? Sure. Am I going to be okay? What I don't look forward to is if I ever make that call and you go, nah, you're super fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, dude, you're, you're dead in the water. But, it, but it's nice to be able to have those veterans yeah. that, that are there to help you elevate as well is pick carefully who you're surrounding yourself yeah. with, right? 
And, uh, and, and I've said this many times on, on many of episodes is when, when trust is violated, the people that hurt you most are the people that are closest to you. Yep. It's the person that you don't know very well that you care less about, right? And so be careful who you surround yourself with because if you don't know who you're surrounded with and people that unconditionally care about you and want you to succeed, yep. right? It was like this is when, when I had found out that you had this incredibly successful podcast – wasn't jealous of it. I was envious of it. Right. I was like, man. And and what gave me the feel good was someone that had gone and accomplished because of the relationship you and I had. You were willing to sit down and give me forty five minutes to go. Let me tell you what you don't know about this, and these are the important things you need to understand about this. Right? Yep. That value in our relationship is what is valuable, not. Oh man, you're too dumb to go do this or whatever else. Or no, well, I might have been thinking you, you might have actually might have said it like, are "You sure you want to go do this?" But I mean, that, those those are the important elements. Is you know, as the veterans out there, associate yourself with the right people and associate yourself with with the reality of what's out there. Right? Listen, I don't I don't mind that there's people that tie a yellow ribbon around their tree and that's as good as it gets. I'm okay with that. I understand that. Right acknowledge the elephant in the room. Don't try to convince the elephant or change the elephant because you don't have that power. For sure. So, yeah. well, I like to end cap every one of these with, uh, let's go back. Not that we would have listened to 20-year-old self <laughs> or 20-year-old sure. or self would have listened to us. But if you knew at 20-year-old self, 20-year-old self said, okay, I'm going to allow old Donnie to come back and talk to young Donnie and give me one piece of advice that I need to make sure that I either do or don't do or as one of my guests said, hey, on September 12th of 2006, don't go out that night. Uh, right. <laughs> is what would, what is that one thing? And I know there's a mm. plethora of things we could say, but knowing what you know now, if there was one thing that 20-year-old Donnie could, would actually listen to, what would you tell 20-year-old Donnie? Man, I, I honestly, I don't know if anybody would listen to, but the best thing I would attempt to say was go start a business. I, I think truthfully for me, um, there's been no greater teacher of me finally meeting Donnie and who the hell I am. Nobody tells you when you launch a business that you're going to run out of excuses. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, working for other people, you can blame the economy, you can blame the marketing budget, I mean, you can blame the world. But when you run out of your own company, there's nobody left to blame. It's all on you. And when you get to that place when it's all on you, you find out what the fuck you're made of pretty goddamn quick. And and for me, that has been the most transformational moment of my life is down in the depths, almost losing everything, looking myself in the mirror and go, huh, I'm not sure I've liked the guy that has been living this game for the last 40 years. Guess you better start working on that. And I start, went to work on me and I started figuring out what actually makes me work. What am I good at and how can I get the crap off my plate? So if I could convince my 27-year-old self, and I know we can't convince anybody, but if I would have slapped me around enough to say, dude, don't waste your time going to work for other people. Go start a company so you can meet yourself earlier. Because I don't think there's any other tool in the world that will put you punched in the face hard enough to break through that noggin so you actually start listening and start figuring out who the hell you are. Man, one of the things that I love about you that you're very vocal about is don't apologize for being you. No. Right? <laughs> Do you, 
right? Don't try to go be what everybody else wants you to be because that's exactly what you're going to be is you're going to be what everybody else wants you to be. Be what you want to yep. be. Don't apologize for it and realize you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, right? But you're I am some really people's good. shot of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> but you are. You, you, you're you really, really good at being very vocal about that. And it's even been a good reminder for me, yeah. you know, when, when I'm sitting here listening to one of your podcasts or you calling me going, hey, man. Yeah, you're totally blowing smoke up people's ass. You need to stop doing that. All right, and and that's but that's what that's what good friends do is they keep each other accountable, which means they're going to tell you things you don't want to hear. Exactly. Right. So people, all right, let's get a plug in for you know all your different businesses, websites. Where do they go? Where do they find you? So all social media find me at Donnie Bovine. Really, really simple. It's Donnie Bovine on all social media. Spell spell that for the audience. D o n n i e b is in boy o i v is in Victor. I N get you anywhere on social media. Um, podcast um, success champions is going to be successful. You can go find it, but go find growth mode. Um, especially if you're running a small, medium sized business and you're going through the trials and tribulations, go listen to growth mode, wherever you listen to podcast. I'm fascinated with Spotify right now and, and how much market share they're picking up right now. They're actually starting to take on Apple and it's pretty badass to watch. They just did a huge partnership with Facebook Um that allows your episodes to play inside the Facebook feed, which is really rad at the moment. So, um, but uh, so go listen to Growth Mode wherever you listen to podcast. And if you're in the small business or you're a salesperson and you're trying to figure out how do you get a lot of badass people in your life that will open doors for you, go check out SuccessChampionNetworking.com um, and go visit one of our chapters. We've got 40 chapters across the st- uh, 35 states right now, getting ready to open up international. So go join one of those chapters, check it out. And then the last thing is if you're really looking to up your game and you want to you know, be around people that are going to teach you how to grow and scale your business, go check out the badassbusinesssummit.com. Um, we've got an amazing lineup of speakers. Kevin Hunter's coming in. He's got 350,000 plus followers on YouTube. The guy makes five grand a day on YouTube um, you know, with his eight to 10 minute videos. He'll be there speaking. So he'll be expert speaking on how do you get published in books? How do you get your YouTube channel running your business? Um, I'll be there talking about sales, of course. Um, speakers there that teach you how to do business on LinkedIn and all the other social platforms. So phenomenal thing. So when is it, when is this summit? September 23rd through the 25th, 23rd through 25th. So we're going to make sure this episode gets dropped early on. So that way there's plenty of time. People can hear that. And, uh, and so in just case you miss it, because you were driving, you're doing other things. You can always go to www.myexperienced.com. Click on Donnie's Read More, and we'll have the business summit, badass business summit, that is. We'll have the links and everything else for you to, to, to be able to connect with Donnie and be able to download his podcast. And, of course, you can always click on the homepage button. And if you need to find a trusted professional to help you buy and sell real estate anywhere on the planet, click that button, and we will get you connected with a true professional. Donnie, thank you for coming Absolutely, on, my friend. Absolutely, brother. Semper Fi, brother. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah.